Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is a Monday here, obviously, on the Black and Blue Report, and greetings from Memphis, Tennessee today, where our show originates next to the FedEx Forum from the Weston Hotel, where the Pelicans are staying today in preparation for their game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm Sean Kelly. Hope you're doing well on this Monday. We had another busy NFL weekend, which concludes tonight, and which started, of course, this past Thursday with the Saints and the Carolina Panthers. And so while the Saints have been quiet over the weekend, enjoying their win over Carolina, the Pelicans have been busy again. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks, unfortunately, on Saturday night to end their season-opening homestand, and they are back at it tonight and also start a back-to-back, which finds them at home tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. So we've got a lot of ground to cover here on this Monday from Memphis, and I hope that you'll enjoy our guests, which include Ian Eagle from the NFL on CBS and Westwood One Radio, also Steve Weinch from the NFL Network, and we'll also hear from the Pelicans today as they will shoot around this morning in uh, in uh, working toward tonight's 7 o'clock tip-off. That game tonight, of course, is on the Pelicans Radio Network. Starting at 7 o'clock, there's also television coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans, and the Pels tonight at 1-1 one and one have a tall order here early in the season against a 3-0 Memphis Grizzlies team, which uh, features, of course, Marcus Saul. That will be an interesting matchup with Omer Ashik tonight. And, of course, Zach Randolph versus Anthony Davis is also an intriguing matchup for two teams uh, that met four times last year. Three of those games belong to the Pelicans, and so Memphis may be a little more encouraged to uh, make a statement of their own tonight here early in this season. So we'll check in with the Pelicans in a little bit. But, of course, we want to focus our conversation with Ian Eagle around the Saints and the Panthers. He called that game last Thursday for Westwood 1 and then spent the weekend on his CBS assignment. So we'll also ask Ian about his thoughts across the NFL in general. We'll do the same thing with Steve Weich, get his angle from it on the NFL Network side and find out where he was this past weekend as well. So we have a great show for you here from Memphis where it is sunny and cool uh, but very seasonable. And we look forward to a nice visit with you here today on the Black and Blue Report. Stay with us. Iron Eagle starts us off in just a moment.
mottos all across Louisiana with cash jackpot starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans' five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Our first guest here on this Monday morning, in my opinion at least, is the best at calling the NFL on television these days. That's Ian Eagle. He's with the NFL on CBS. He has a host of other responsibilities, but there are two reasons why I wanted to bring Ian on this morning. Number one, we haven't had Ian on in a while, but... uh, the first reason, of course, is to help us finish up our conversation about the Saints and the Panthers from this past Thursday, the game that started the NFL weekend. Ian called it for Westwood One Radio, and it finds the Saints here at the halfway point at 500 and in first place in the dreadful NFC South right now. Good morning, Ian. Hey, Sean. Good to talk to you as always. Let me ask you first about your 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 TV role now with the NFL, and I and I, again, I, I push my opinion on everyone when I say that I think you're the best. But I'm curious <laughs> now as to looking. Yeah, I, of course. Um, I'm curious, looking back now, knowing your style and everything else, who who influenced you most now as you've matured through that part of your job? Yeah, I think, Sean, if you were asked the same question, there would be a variety of names that come up based on where you are at in your career, what chapter uh, you're facing. Early on, it was definitely Marv Albert growing up in the New York area. When I got to college at Syracuse, Bob Costas became a major role model. Uh, When I delved into the play-by-play arena, Al Michaels became someone that I really looked up to. And I would say over the last uh, five years, Vern Lundquist has really been uh, the person that I uh, feel has such a handle on how to balance all of this, how to uh, do your job, be authoritative, but also maintain that conversational style and be human. Uh, Have someone that you can relate to, somebody that you would want to spend time with, somebody you would want to talk sports with, setting up as analyst and just being a good teammate. So all of those mentioned, there are others, countless others as well. Uh, Look, you know in this business uh, the the highest form of flattery is – is copying, and you have to take a little bit from everybody until it finally becomes your style and it synthesizes into what uh, a piece of you comes out on the air. And, and ultimately, I think that's, that's the goal whenever you're, you're trying to provide the, the listeners and the viewers with the most interesting and entertaining broadcast that you're capable of. So with that being said, Ian, which comes more comfortably to you, calling a game on the radio or on television? Well, television is where most of my experience is now, but I got my start on the radio. And, Sean, as you know, if you're a student of this, that's where 
the, the real core values come into play of how to do this, how to attack it, how to provide the listener with that, that word picture. It's a blank canvas every single night, which I really enjoy. I still thoroughly enjoy it. So I've, I've really got the best of both worlds that I get to do it on Thursday nights in primetime games and various analysts joining me. I've had Boomer Esiason this year, Mike Mayock, my TV partner, Dan Fouts, Rod Woodson, so so many different points of view. And then on the TV side with the NFL and the NBA and college basketball, uh, it's, it's a different animal. Uh, you really do play more of the traffic cop role. Uh, there's so many elements that go into a television broadcast, and everybody's got to be on the same page. That collaborative philosophy really comes into play. On the radio side, as you know so well, it's all you. Yeah, you might have an analyst with you, but ultimately you're pulling all the strings. And there's there's something that uh, I think if you wanted to get into this business, there, there's something that, that's just really genuine about the radio role. So I enjoy both. Uh, they definitely are two completely different hats and completely different points of view on, on how to approach it and how to best make sure uh, the listener on the radio side and the viewer on the TV side is, is getting the best experience possible. Well, radio is where we found Ian Eagle when the Saints played the Carolina Panthers this past Thursday in Charlotte. Ian, what was your big takeaway from that ball game? What jumped out at you most? Big takeaway from that ball game is that uh, the Saints feel very strongly that they're the best of team in this division. Yes, it's a watered-down division this year. And it's funny, Sean, because I'm sure you, you talked about this at great lengths before the season started. There was a general consensus around the NFL that the NFC South would be one of the most improved divisions in the NFL. We figured Atlanta, if not getting back to their former status, they at one time were the number one seed in the NFC, as we know. At least they would get back to respectability. Tampa, with the changes made to the coaching staff, the changes in philosophy, Lovey Smith there, the professionalism that he brought, seemed to be some stability at quarterback with McCown. It just hasn't worked. It hasn't clicked. They've been overmatched. They've been overwhelmed a number of weeks uh, for the first half of the season. So now you have Carolina, a team that surprised everybody and won the division last year. The evolution of Cam Newton, the development of that defense, and it just doesn't have the same feeling that it did a year ago. So New Orleans, the smoke clears. They're 500. It has not been the kind of season that Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and company visualized, yet here they are really in control of this division, in my mind. Uh, they're clearly the best team in the division. Uh, they've got the best pieces. Uh, there's no doubt in in my thought process that Mark Ingram is a difference maker, and he has changed the Saints in the last two weeks. When you have a workhorse like that and you have legitimate balance, you're a different football team, and that's, that's what I saw. That's what I took away from the Carolina game, that Mark Ingram is coming into his own. He's having a breakout year. It happens to be a contract year, but he's doing all the things they hoped he would do coming out of Alabama in 2011. I think Saints fans want to feel like the Saints are right again. With the last two games, is that is that okay to feel? I don't know if you can go that far, because if you look at it in context, you've got to still see how this team fares outside of division. And look, this San Francisco game is 
is one that uh, you circle on your calendar because you know how desperate the 49ers are. And for the Saints, it is about a litmus test, a barometer. Then Cincinnati, another matchup where you're going to find out something about New Orleans. Yes, you can say they're, they're right again within the division, but we know that the Saints and their coaching staff, their management, their ownership, uh, there are aspirations well beyond winning the NFC South. They want to be a factor in this Super Bowl conversation. I'm not ready to, to say that yet. We, we've got to see this defense get back to what they were not saying that the numbers are going to be what they were a year ago under Rob Ryan because they're probably too deep of a hole to get back statistically. But opportunistic, if they can get back to the style of play that really fit last year. Keenan Lewis has been a, a really nice addition that we've seen over the last two seasons. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, now people are paying attention to. Uh, when he signed that five-year, $26 million deal, uh, I do think there were some eyebrows raised around the NFL. Really, Keenan Lewis is, is worth that. You believe he's a, a top-notch cover corner, and here he is now uh, continuing to make plays, and I, I think he's become a fiery leader for this group. Uh, that's going to be the question mark, whether or not this defense can sustain it and not, again, not saying they have to be the 2013 New Orleans Saints deep, but they've got to be better than the stretches that we saw here in 2014. Ian, you may have seen Keenan's best game this past Thursday and what he did to Benjamin there in Charlotte. Boy, uh, I, I was really impressed. Uh, very, uh, very much, to me, a galvanizing performance because uh, you take on a Carolina team that still has uh, major weapons. I saw Benjamin the week before. I had Carolina against Seattle in that strange cross-flex NFC game on CBS where I wasn't so sure if, if I was promoting uh, a murder she wrote for CBS in an NFC game or if I should be promoting the new girl on Fox. I, I was in a very strange place from a play-by-play standpoint. But I, I saw what Carolina and talked to them prior to the TV game, saw the that, that team searching for answers. And Benjamin, who played so well against Seattle... Uh, just was neutralized. He, he just he could not get into a rhythm, and Keenan Lewis was the reason why. Ian, is the worst thing that happened to the NFC South this season, was it the fact that they were paired with the AFC North on the schedule? <sighs> Boy, that's been a mismatch, hasn't it? Uh, the AFC North is the it best really division has. in football, there's no doubt. Uh, they, they have the most intriguing one through four, where you still can't predict how this is going to shape up. There were times early in the season where Cincinnati looked like they could actually be a Super Bowl team. Well, reality hit them, injuries hit them, and now they're starting to steady the ship once again. Cleveland, we know about all the controversy during the offseason based on the drafting of Johnny Manziel. Brian Hoyer, the local kid from St. Ignatius High School in, in Ohio, wins the job, and now they believe in him. The team believes in him. The city believes in him. He's a free agent at the end of the year. We're going to find out if they really believe in him and if he's the future quarterback for the Browns. But they're a great story. And then Pittsburgh, what Ben Roethlisberger has done the last couple of weeks, he's putting up historic numbers. And, again, there were questions about him and Todd Haley. Could that work? He was so ticked off when Bruce Arians was let go. 
and we know how that turned out for Bruce Arians. He just happens to be the head coach of the team with the best record in the NFL right now in Arizona. But Pittsburgh questions about whether or not this team had lost their toughness. Their former head coach, Bill Cowher, on CBS had questioned whether or not this team was too soft to go out and, and win a tough AFC North. And then you throw Baltimore into the mix. They dealt with so many distractions, the Ray Rice situation. But it looks like Gary Kubiak and Joe Flacco have have found a little something. And uh, that, that division is, is really tough. And, yes, Sean, you're right. In a roundabout way, I answered it. But that, that just happened to be the unluck of the draw for uh, the NFC South. And launching off that step, the one more thing I wanted to ask you about today, Ian, and I'm going to ask Steve Weich from the NFL Network here in our next segment the same thing, but here now, if you could put your finger on maybe the two to three storylines that matter most across the NFL as we head into the second half of the season, what would those be? Well, I think everybody really jumped on this Dallas bandwagon because everyone's been waiting. They've been so mediocre. They're 8-8 eight and eight every year. They can't seem to break through. It finally seemed like Tony Romo had the right mix of guys around him, and then uh, this injury takes place against Washington last Monday night, and now uh, we question what direction Dallas is heading in. If it's Brandon Whedon that's going to have to lead them, I'm not sure people are going to stay on that bandwagon. So I think the Dallas situation is one that you've got to keep an eye on. San Francisco, in terms of behind the scenes more than anything else, we'll see how this plays out from a team standpoint with their season. But Jim Harbaugh, does he remain the head coach of the 49ers? There will be suitors, many suitors, that are interested in his services, including the potential of Michigan, his alma mater. But there will be other teams, including Oakland, the team that plays across the bay, Uh, and I think would love to get in on the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes. So uh, I think that San Francisco situation is is one that you need to keep an eye on. And then in the AFC, look, Sean, you do this show, you, you know what the scuttlebutt is around the league, and there was this growing feeling that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots were done. I mean, that's... It's almost laughable to think now, and that that shows you how quickly things can change in this league, but their level of excellence and their pride, I mean, that's that's the one thing that, that really sticks out to me week in and week out, how much these guys care and how it translates to the field on Sunday. The Patriots might be the best team in, in the AFC, uh, dare we say it again. Denver looked like world beaters, and they completely neutralized them on their home field. So uh, let, let's keep an eye on New England and see how all of this evolves over the final eight weeks of the season and, and if they can carry it into the postseason and maybe one more Super Bowl run. Great points. Ian Eagle from the NFL on CBS, Westwood One. <laughs> of course, we count uh, the, the NBA uh, assignments as well, and you are a busy man this time of year. We can't thank you enough for coming on with us, and we wish you the best and safe travels too, Ian. Sean, anytime. Always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, same to you. Please uh, be safe out there. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Ian Eagle with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Steve White from the NFL Network in just a moment. Stay with us. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. 
children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're in Memphis today, obviously, Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight. We'll talk more about that in a moment, but we want to continue our conversation regarding the NFL with Steve Weich now from the NFL Network. As you know, Steve's been nice enough to join us most Mondays and give us his perspective from a national level. We've missed him the last couple Mondays because he's been traveling overseas. Uh, Of course, uh, Steve, you were in London. What was it last week, right? Yeah, I was over the Falcons Lions uh Falcons Lions game. Yeah, what was it what was it like? What was it like having the NFL there in London? I know this isn't new, but maybe it was new for you. Well, it was absolutely my first time going to the international series over there and what you find is it's a very knowledgeable there's there's a cluster I'll say of very knowledgeable American football fans there. Overall though, you can still see the majority of the fan base cuz the game was sold out was taken by the event more than the game and you know they they got excited at the very end you know when the, when the Falcons kind of choked things away and, and the Lions kicked the uh the field goal for the winner uh but you know you still say to yourself you know can it, can it if a team were to move there could it sustain eight home games there would the fan base you know sustain that because you know like I said they seem more at, at the moment intrigued by the event rather than the actual game itself that was kind of going to be my next question. Do you think a team will end up in London at some point? At some point. I mean, I know there's there's a group of owners that's kind of pushing for that. Clearly, the NFL is trying to expand its marketing base for there. And remember the game I was at, they had a kickoff at 1.30 England time. That's why I started at 9.30 Eastern time to see if the fan base would get used to a mid-afternoon game, you know, because they've got some of the big, you know, English Premier League soccer games going on at the same time as well. So next year, you know, some of the conversation that's going on is there'll probably be three games. For the first time ever, they'll have them on back-to-back weekends to see, again, if the fan base, like I said, is kind of more intrigued with the event can kind of get used to a normal pattern, so to speak. So, they're, uh, the NFL is stick, sticking the toe a little deeper in the water to see if uh, it'll work overseas. Steve, how do you think it affects the teams? Um, you say, you know, normal pattern. Is there anything normal or can anything be normal about teams coming from the States to prepare for a week over there? You know, what's, what's interesting, and you, and you hear this every time teams go over, is it, it's very much a, a training camp environment because they're over there they the team stay together at a, at resorts which are far off the grid from downtown london um so you know I, I think in some ways it's kind of healthy um for teams in that regard 
I know a lot of people say, oh, the travel, it's, it's a five- or six-hour flight, this and that. Well, you know, it takes just as long to fly from, you know, New England to San Diego or Miami to Seattle or vice versa. So, you know, that part, I think that's kind of more of a mental thing with the time zone changes and things like that that people may have to worry about and seem like they're flying to the, the outer reaches of the world. But, again, it's not nearly as significant as going east coast to west coast. Interesting, interesting. Hey, Steve, we got another NFL weekend about to be in the books. Colts and Giants tonight, but what we've seen here since Thursday with the Saints and the Panthers and then what transpired yesterday, uh, what were some of the big hits for you with regard to the NFL here in the uh, end of October, early November? Well, I mean, first off, the, the, the death of the Patriots, the demise of the Patriots was clearly overblown. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. as, as was the division. I mean, the Miami Dolphins have made the AFC East very interesting. Um, in terms of the Saints and the NFC South, I think the division is clearly theirs for the taking. It's they're going to have a lot more home games. The you know the Panthers, not the same team. The Falcons are are as good as they're going to get. I mean, they might win three or four more games. The Buccaneers are dumpster fire. So I think this is a perfect time for a team like you know the Saints to kind of get some momentum going and and, and kind of peel their way into the playoffs. You know, and it's just it, it's it's wide open right now in, in a couple races. I think, um, you know, the the NFC North with Detroit and Green Bay right there. It, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, can Chicago crack in? The NFC West. I mean, Arizona has established itself, but you know, can Seattle or can San Francisco figure out what, what they are? Because they're you know they're still kind of in a feeling out process. When you thought these were these were two teams that you know, had identities and kind of knew what they were doing. So a lot of great things. I mean, there's just so much football to be played because when you get into intra-divisional play more uh, in the second half. So we're about to – there's a lot more questions, I think, at this point than there typically are in NFL season. Interesting. A, a question on the NFC side here, Steve. Why is Arizona the best team in the NFC? They're winning ball games are not making excuses for winning. I mean, you got to remember mm-hmm. Carson Palmer – Carson Palmer was down for three games. They won games with Drew Stanton. They've got defensive players, um, you know, just stepping up. Todd Bowles has a system, which is our guys are going to beat your guys, and we're going to make sure of that. And and so they've they've swept the NFC East. I mean, that's beating good teams like Dallas and Philadelphia. And, you know, they've only played one divisional game, though. That's what's interesting. They're about to get into the guts of their divisional schedule. Can they hold up? We saw them go up to Seattle last year and win. I think this is a very good football team that's, that's frankly only going to get better. Steve Weiss from the NFL Network with us here on this Monday. Hey, Steve, before I let you go and get into your meeting there, I just had Ian Eagle on a few minutes ago, and I want to ask you the same question that I ended with him. Now that we are right here at the, you know, I guess arguably the halfway point, if you could put your finger on two to three storylines that carry us into the second half, what would they be in your eyes? Well, first off is, you know, the, the injured starting quarterbacks. I mean, we see so many teams now who, you know, might not have the depth. Like we saw in Dallas yesterday. I, th- I think that's one of them. The other one is what's going to happen to some of these teams like in the AFC North when they get a Josh Gordon back. I think the AFC North is absolutely intriguing right now with all the teams having winning records. And I think the other one, too, is, you know, the, the coaches on the hot seat, you know, I'm talking Mike Smith and, and Rex Ryan and a couple of these other teams, will their players continue to play hard or is this going to be an absolute 
you know, wipe out on, uh, with, with some of these teams. Because, you know, there's going to be some playoff jockeying going on in the, in the AFC West. You know, is Oakland going to – are they going to lay down? Are they going to continue to be a, kind of a thorn in team side like they've been? So, um, I think those are three of the key storylines right there. Uh, and also, will the running game – I think it's another one. Will the running game continue to be as much of a factor as it's been in the first half of the season? Good points. Hey, have you gotten your assignment yet for this week? Don't know yet. I will hopefully find out uh, in an hour or two. Well, we'll look for you wherever you might land on the NFL Network. And as always, Steve, we appreciate your thoughts on Mondays. You got it. All right, Steve Weiss with us from the NFL Network. And, of course, we'll be back to start to look at tonight's basketball game between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies when we continue here from Memphis. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Don't miss country music star Charlie Pride at Beauregard on Friday, November 7th. Share a unique musical journey and a night of hits with the amazing Charlie Pride. Visit Beauregard.com for tickets. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. As we mentioned, Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight, and here on the Black and Blue Report to help us get ready is Anthony Davis. You're a student of the game, aren't you? Yeah, of course. All right, so you, uh, by the way, are the fourth player ever to record 50, do you know this already? 50-plus points, 30-plus rebounds, and 10-plus blocks in the first two games. The other three guys to do it, Bob McAdoo, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Patrick Ewing. Nice conversation to be in, huh? No, most definitely. You know, uh, you know, this is a testament to my teammates, you know, and the coaches uh, getting me ready for the season. Um, even uh, Team USA, you know, everybody got me ready for the season, and I'm um, just trying to come out with, just, <laughs> just trying to come out, you know, with that energy and that effort uh, that the team needs for us to, to have a successful season. Anthony, in what ways are you pleased, and what ways are you disappointed in the first two games? Yeah, um, you know, I'm pleased in um, what, what we see so far. You know, we're a great offensive team um, right now, and we're not even putting all our packages and um, not even, you know, doing the thing that we're really supposed to do. Um, defensively, we can be great. You know, we you know, um, get better at talking on defense, you know, knowing our assignments, you know, but um, we've shown a lot of great signs, you know, and everybody's here working hard and, um, you know, had a great win um, against Orlando and a tough loss um, against Dallas, but, um you know, I think that we're doing you know, great things, and it's only the second game, so we keep getting better than um, no telling how good we can be. Anthony, the fans have heard over the last couple of days this whole we've got to communicate better on defense. Help them understand that. What is what all is entailed in that? Yeah, um, you know, the bigs talking to, to the guards on screens, let them know which way the screen is coming and um, what to do defensively. Um, you know, when I think they understand when you get tired, you know, you're playing so long, you know, it's hard to talk. You know, you're trying to get to, you're trying to get to catch your breath instead of talking. So, um, but that's all about being in shape, um, being prepared for the season and, um, you know, um, 
you know, talking on the side. You got a guy cutting through, let, let the guard know he cut through, you know, back screens, um, whatever the case may be, you know, if, if you're switching the screens or, um, you know, if they come out out of a timeout want to play, you definitely have to talk because you don't know what's going on. So things like that, you know, and that's, that's all comes with, um, you know, trust. And I think um, we're going to try to do that a lot tonight. I'll admit I'm excited to watch you and O'Mara work against Gasol and Randolph tonight. Those are two two handfuls, to say the least. Yeah, most definitely. Um, they're, they're great players. You know, two, uh, probably the best duo in the league with bigs. Um, they both can score the ball. They both rebound well. Um, and, you know, it, they're, they're tough to handle uh, in the paint. So um, we're going to try to, you know, um, contain them as a team, you know, knowing that me and O, um, we're going to have the garden. We have help behind us you know, with the guards talking and trying to help us rebound and uh, try to make them take uh, tough shots. All right, so we've talked about you guarding them. What are guys doing to guard you right now? Um, they're trying to, you know, push me off the block. Uh, sometimes get into a, a, a white, which is front of the post, so I can't get the ball. Um, taking hard fouls, you know, everything, you know, but um, I'm not letting it get to me. I try to find other ways to score, you know, even when I can't get the ball, you know, in the post or um, on the offensive end, um, you know, in sets. You know, I try to, you know, go, go for an offensive rebound or I try to get to the free throw line or um, things like that, you know, to get myself going um, and let the game come to me. I've heard a couple guys now on a couple different teams say that the key is beating you up a little bit or being physical with you. I'm wondering if you giggle at that, or is that something that's a bit of a challenge? Um, you know, I just try to, you know, that's why I've been in the weight room all year, um, all summer with Los, you know, just trying to get stronger. But, um, you know, there's some guys still trying to do that, and um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. And, um, you know, I don't let that affect me. If guys want to try to push me around, you know, then, um, you know, I'm just going to try to draw a foul, you know. So, um you know, I'm just going to try to use that all of it to my advantage. And, you know, I like hearing things like this. Show me what I have to get better at, you know. Um, you know, and everybody see it, you know, coach see it, the team see it. And um, we try to run plays um, where um, I can have an advantage. Thanks, as always. Here's to a win tonight. Yeah, thanks, y'all. You bet. Anthony Davis here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Back to wrap up the show on a Monday in just a moment. Stay up to date on the latest breaking New Orleans Saints news by downloading the team's official app presented by Verizon. Check out the 2014 schedule, league standings, and statistics. Plus, have access to watch live press conferences with Coach Sean Payton and players while reliving your favorite Saints moments. The Saints app makes the perfect game day companion with a detailed map of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome highlighting the facility's amenities. The free New Orleans Saints app presented by Verizon is available to download on iTunes and Google Play. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool, collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We wish the Pelicans all the best tonight as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Game one of their four-game set this season and game one of a back-to-back, which concludes tomorrow night against the Charlotte Hornets. Tickets are available for tomorrow night's game. You can call 504-525-HOOP or go to pelicans.com for the rest of the information regarding tickets there. uh, Pelicans.com, also a great place 
to have alongside as you listen or watch the game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Had a great conversation with Ian Eagle today from the NFL on CBS. Steve Weich, too, from the NFL Network. Great way to start off the week, which will continue from Studio B here on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. Daniel Salerson will be your host tomorrow as uh, we'll be getting back from uh, Memphis and preparing for the uh, Charlotte game tomorrow night. So Daniel will be with you tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We'll look forward to you being with us all week long. We've got a lot to talk about and we jump back into the Saints conversation not only tomorrow, but in earnest on Wednesday and Thursday as they get ready for this three-game homestand, which starts with the 49ers on Sunday. Don't forget, tonight's tip-off is at 7 o'clock for the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. We'll see you on the radio later on today. Otherwise, right back here on the podcast tomorrow. For Daniel Salerson and all of our guests today, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.